Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Dreaming of a better sleep? Tossing and turning is not your destiny. And Ollie is here to help. Ollie invites you to sink into sweet, sweet slumber to improve your mental and physical health and overall wellness. More than just melatonin, Ollie's ingredients help you unwind your mind for a delightfully dreamy drift off. Sleep is on the way at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. Hey there, this is Christina. Thanks for joining me for this episode of Weekly Strange News. Just a quick reminder that I have several other shows, one of which is only available on my YouTube channel, that being The Unknown Zone, which is a short 8-12 to minute info video on mysterious topics. Then you'll also find Shifting the Paradigm and Mysteries with the History, both on all podcast platforms, but also on my YouTube channel. The links are in the description. And now let's continue with Weekly Strange News. Welcome to Strange Weekly News. In this show, we're taking a look into the news and headlines to pick out curious reports of the strange, the weird, and the mysterious. Anything from UFO news to science advancements, the paranormal, and stuff labeled fringe science and fringe phenomena. Each news item we go over in the show, I will place all the links to them in the description box below once this live show is over, as well as chapters on the timeline index. Welcome to all of my first-time viewers and listeners and everyone watching this live. Scott, Zenza, DL, Cassidy, Jodicide, nice. <laughs> Chris, fade to black. Wow. Well, welcome. Less sweet. Paul, Tyler, welcome everyone. Before we get started, I would like to mention that yesterday, Thursday on Mysteries with the History with Jimmy Church of Fade to Black Radio, we covered the mysteries of cattle mutilations. Today is our monthly roundtable with Micah and Jimmy, and I will bring them in in just a moment. But Today, we are doing a gift card giveaway. Last week and every single week, the base price is 10 So if you would like to make someone's day, you can donate to the gift card with the super chat that says for the gift card. Because this week, someone will walk away with a Starbucks or Amazon gift card. Let me bring in Micah and Jimmy so that they can pick the word of the day. Micah, Jimmy, welcome. You guys ready? I think so, yeah. The so, word of the day? We'll yeah. see Micah picked last time last month and that was i believe it was a ufo or was it alien something like that jimmy you get to pick this time what what do you want the special word to be i thought i had to be the smartest dude in the room for a second i'm like i'm not prepared for this quite yet okay uh, this is for the gift card right and then and then somebody's gonna post it right okay right and it's gotta be an all so tell, tell me the word fader wow yeah, nice self promotion. Yeah. Well, All right. I will share my screen here for everyone else to see. Let's do fader. 
you want to put it in the word I would have picked. I was going to pick church or something silly yeah. like that. <laughs> well, put oh, this yeah. word in the live chat exactly how you see it so that you can enter the drawing for a Starbucks or Amazon gift card right now. That price is 10. If you want to donate and make someone's day, it's going to go straight to them. Now we got three entries. Okay. So while everyone is putting in that word, there's no hashtag, just exactly how you see it here. Both of you have gone into great depth, great lengths, spoken to a handful of people on the arrow hearing that we received last week. Now, my audience has already heard my my take on it, but I would like to hear a fresh perspective from Jimmy. I know that we we did the hearing live. We watched it. We did pre-commentary and post-commentary, and I would like to hear what new insights you've received after speaking to so many people on it on fade to black and micah same with yourself you've written about it you've spoken about it on your program the micah hanks program as well so i i want to hear both of you i know that so many other people do micah we'll start off with you what what was your overall take of it and what little tidbits did you catch that maybe other people didn't well you know i mean First, the formalities. And by formalities, I mean the shirts that Jimmy and I obviously wore tonight. Look how nice we got all dressed up for the occasion. It's Friday. And, you know, I guess we are fade to black and blue over here, right? <laughs> nicely done. Yes, very, very nicely. Well played. Okay, well, you know what? You know what? I'm going to jump in front of Micah here. And I am going to give my opinion in two, three seconds of of my wrap up and then micah you can run away with this okay no okay i my takeaway is sean kirkpatrick could give a rat's ass about uaps and et and contact in the community that's not his mission and he has stated that and that is it so i just feel that everybody needs to dash their hopes of any any vision like that coming out of sean kirkpatrick micah the stage is yours hey thank you my man appreciate the uh, insights as always you know uh sharing your view that dr kirkpatrick is evidently not someone who is trying to drive any kind of a narrative while i agree that i don't think he is looking for extraterrestrials or evidence of them uh he if anything is looking for the most pertinent concerns to u.s national security and he even said that right toward the end of the um hearing uh, he said to senator gillibrand listen if you don't hear from me for a few days it's because we got a lot of work i mean a lot of work to do i can sympathize but he's also saying listen you know when it comes to national security matters we deal with the things that are most pertinent to securing our nation but he also said many times throughout the hearing, we're also going to follow the signs where it goes. Now, we haven't seen any evidence of anything yet, but I remain hopeful. All right, I'm going to play devil's advocate just a little here on Jimmy. I think that there's a chance that if we have a guy in here who's going to act like a real scientist and he actually follows the evidence where he says he will, which is as a scientist should do, where the evidence leads, we may find something novel before it's all said and done. But he says, apparently at this point, he hasn't seen evidence that convinces him of anything one way or another, apart from the fact that there are a few phenomena in the Aero data set that remain anomalous. So, you know, I don't disagree that he doesn't seem to be someone who's pushing a narrative, but as a scientist, I hope he will stick to his guns and indeed follow this evidence where he says he's going to, you know, allow it to lead, not where biases and preconceptions often take us. 
do you think that this is kind of a modern day blue book? There are a lot of people that have stated and a lot of comments that I've come across that Kirkpatrick is very much like J.N. J. Allen Hynek when he was a part of Blue Book. Do you think we are seeing that on repeat again or are there significant differences? Jimmy hit that one first. Yeah, the um, if in order for that to happen, because I understand uh, the similar, if he had a pipe, he would definitely close the deal, right, on this, for yeah, sure. Right. Go to going already, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And <laughs> and I understand where people are coming from on this. But in order for that to actually be accurate, we would have to move forward in time and see Kirkpatrick have a change of attitude and say, you know what? <laughs> We are being visited and we need to apply the science and uh, UFOs are a definite thing that uh, are, are not from this planet and they're, they're coming from somewhere else, and, like J. Allen Hynek did. And I don't think Kirkpatrick is there. I don't think Kirkpatrick has seen anything. I don't think he's interviewed anybody. I don't think I just I, no, no, he is. He is towing the DOD line right now, and the similarities to Blue Book are there. Um, so, yes, a am I coming across as not a fan? No, I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't have an opinion about Kirkpatrick. I'm saying that this community, thinking that he is out there trying to uh, discover ET and alien life, no, he is not. Um, I'm not even really sure what arrow does i'm glad um ernst said are you redundant i'm glad she said that because if, if, if she, what what do you actually do does it matter you know is this aren't there other people doing this very same thing and the answer is yes you know so um it, it, the uh the resolution part of arrow in that title micah to me says you're supposed to uh, investigate and come up with answers. That's what resolution means. He said their mission is to make it somebody else's problem. <laughs> and and he repeated that time and time again, which I felt was very bold for him to say publicly, because it just goes to show that he's not going to 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 take. He's just not going to take it. And well, uh, let me making uh, an SEP. Yes, yes. And and here's the other thing. Um, and again, uh, I'm just calling it as I see it. I don't need to remain objective here. Uh, is this, you have Lou Elizondo and Chris Mellon out there. Oh, we're on our way back to Washington. We're getting stuff for government, UAP task force, Arrow. We're getting stuff done. We're it's all UAP, uh, extraterrestrials. We're being visited. There's stuff going on out there over and over and over and over again. And then Kirkpatrick just turns around and, and body slams everything that Elizondo and Mellon say that they're doing. So I don't think there's any cooperation between the, the two. And somebody isn't telling the truth here. And uh, and right now, Kirkpatrick says, it's, it's not E.T. It's not my job. It's not my gig. I'm looking at quadcopters. And, and that's, that's, that's what I'm here to do. And, and that's it. But then the wild thing is, and not only did we catch it, Jimmy, after we watched the hearing and did post commentary, but there were so many articles because so many outlets covered this when it when as soon as all this happened last week, article after article after article near the very end, all of them wrote, 
But Kirkpatrick co-wrote a paper with Avi Loeb about motherships and probes, which we all talked about a mm -hmm. few weeks back when that article was dropped. And that wasn't mentioned. Gillibrand didn't mention it. Ernst didn't mention it. Kirkpatrick, it, it, it was like seeing two different people. One yes. from the article with, with Avi Loeb, which is, you know, a prominent figure. And then coming out representing Arrow and stating, nope, just looking at the science. And if anything, it's not our problem. We haven't seen anything strange. Here is a really fancy looking uh, graph to show you what we're doing, which we know right? If you know basic statistics, you're able to manipulate that to make it look favorable on your side, mm -hmm. right? You're mm -hmm. able to, that's easy. Um, and so, but it, it looked, it was like a shiny new object. It looked great. It looked amazing. Everyone was like, wow, this is so cool. But if you really look at it, he was able to make it the way that he wanted to. And before we continue, I would like to say, Cassidy, thank you so much for the drawing. John aside, thank you as well. Thank you, Jimmy and Paul. We are looking at $35 now. Someone's going to walk away with that much. If you want to make someone's day, just put a super chat that says for the gift card and someone's going to walk away with it at the very end of the day. The word is FADER in all caps. Place that in the live chat if and only if you are watching this live. So let me ask you, Micah, what were your overall thoughts on the questions asked to Kirkpatrick? Well, the questions were good. I mean, we have to take into consideration that the closed door hearing, I believe, actually took place before this one, hence why this one was about 45 minutes getting, you know, late getting started. Um, and obviously, a lot of the budgetary issues that Gillibrand had raised uh, during earlier hearings this year, uh, more pointed questions at the DOD uh, with regard to, you know, why hadn't Arrow apparently received the full funding that had been outlined in the NDAA. We didn't hear a whole lot about that, so I'm assuming those areas must have been covered during the closed portion of the hearing. But again, uh, Gillibrand always has very good informed questions and has, you know, I think a good general grasp on this issue, the UAP thing. Now, about those slides, though, uh, that was really interesting to me because, again, a lot of people are upset uh, both on the skeptical side. You know, skeptics, you know, I've, I've seen in recent days saying, why do we need an arrow? Sean Kirkpatrick doesn't seem to really clearly state why we need an arrow. Uh, the UAP proponents, and again, I call myself a UAP proponent, but I'm also trying to not be biased about where this goes, right? I'm open to a lot of possibilities on this, but I want to see movement and I want to see science applied to it. That said... Many for, of the what UAP for what though, Micah? Science applied for what? Science applied toward the R word, the resolution of these phenomena, whatever they may be. Now, we'll, we'll come back to that in just a moment. Here's the deal. Listen, the UAP crowd, many, again, were discontent, right, with the way that Kirkpatrick worded his objectives, the things he had found, no evidence of extraterrestrials and what have you. But I think it's important to point out. If you look at those frames, those slides that he showed, not only did he give us two examples of UAP footage and one which they say is unresolved, which is pretty interesting footage. I mean, that sphere could be anything. It obviously bears similarity to the so-called Mosul orb. But in the data that was shown, if you guys remember in the ODNI reports, which we've talked about plenty in the past here on the show, uh, those characteristics about the shapes of these phenomena and other 
you know, details about the encounters and what military personnel say they've actually seen when they witness these things, that's all been redacted. Even the classified version that was released through the mandatory declassification review to John Greenwald of the 2021 report, it still removed all that stuff, even when they allowed for the release of those two appendixes in the back. Actually, there are four appendixes in the back, one of which uh, had a whole thing about the FBI and other that had this whole, you know, chart showing the, the shapes of different UAP. Well, we weren't allowed to see that previously, but here Kirkpatrick appears to be actually showing us all that. So two things immediately. One, there would have had to have been a declassification process that was gone through, and they actually had the ability to release that in accordance with what the previous classification guide outlined by the UAP task force dictated. But the other thing, too, is that whereas they would not release that, the predecessor agency, now Arrow is showing us this stuff. So on the more hopeful side, yet again, we're actually seeing a little more transparency. That data, which we were not allowed to see before, now is being shown freely. That to me, but, but data about but data about what we're not we're not talking about uh, ET contact technology from other worlds. We are talking about a purely military aspect to this, and and separating it between civilian uh, mylar party balloons and adversarial uh, technology. There is zero interest of uh, uh, et or conversation about that so that's uh, that's what you're 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 talking about mikey here when we're talking about data collection that has nothing to do with with this community i i could good i'm glad that our department of defense is looking to see uh, uh what is entering our airspace from other countries on this planet that's their job but arrow has nothing to do with et extraterrestrials or anything like that in this community uh, it needs to stop their focus with that because that's not what's going on. It's not. I, no, think I almost agree. I, I, it's, 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 it's a Here's world. The Here's the thing. It doesn't deal with extraterrestrial anything yet. But again, back to the earlier point, if Dr. Kirkpatrick does what he says science should be allowed to do, and he's going to follow the evidence wherever it leads before it's all said and done, it may. But I think you're right. We're not to that point yet. I think that's where I am. But I'm interested in seeing where it goes. It's not ET. <laughs> not yet. Uh, they're not arrow. No, never be. No, there, there may be. Uh, you know, we've got Avi Loeb and Galileo and breakthrough and 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 those civilian efforts for sure. Um, and there may be another organization inside of the CIA that I interviewed John Ramirez this week, and he's you know he's like they got that Orb Group, you know, and that was. That was like a pretty interesting revelation. Uh, CIA investigating orbs, um, and and he and uh, him mentioning the imaging of that. Well, that that that's a dedicated thing into something that they're not trying to prove adversarial technology entering our airspace, which is what the goal is of of Arrow. Uh, that's that's what they're trying to do. They're trying to see if our adversaries are entering our airspace with technology that. Uh, we don't understand yet. But it has nothing, nothing, absolutely nothing to do with ET. And and that's that's not even when he said you know, this was the interesting thing. He said two things, Micah, that that upset me in this direction. One, uh ten thousand to thirty thousand feet. That's that's their goal. That's where air traffic is. That's what they're 
that has nothing to do with anything else and, and trying to confirm. So what if something is at 80,000 feet? They're not running sensor data. They're not looking at that data. Uh, uh, no interest in Nimitz. No interest in what David Fravor has to say. No interest in that data collection because it doesn't fit their subset of where they're trying to squeeze everything in. Mm -hmm. And then he said one to four meters. One to four meters. It's just like, I, I just don't understand it. Well, uh, maybe, I, I don't. I don't. Maybe I could provide some context for those. Those are really good points that you bring up, Jimmy. Um, first, about the 10 to 30,000 feet or so. Again, I think, you know, the, my read on what Kirkpatrick was, was saying there was that he was um, quick to point out that there may be a reporting bias evident in the data. In other words, yeah, this is where the abundance of our UAP have been observed, but he notes that's probably because that's where the most of our aircraft are operating, and therefore those who have been in that airspace are the ones who are most, you know, likely to encounter these things. About the size, you know, the one to four meters, again, that's pretty small given the wide range of sometimes very large, but often, uh, you know, maybe anywhere from automobile to plane-sized UAP that have been observed over the decades. Yeah, I mean, one to four meters isn't that big, but again, I think the read seems to be that that, again, is the prevalent size among collected reports. And if, again, we're looking at everything from drones to balloons or balloon-like objects and things, naturally, that also is going to skew that data. If you look at the little pie chart up there in the upper left-hand corner of the screen when he's showing the slides and he has the different varieties and the shapes of UAP, keep in mind that like 1% Tic Tac, I think uh, maybe 2 or 3% Triangle. Now, those are probably the more interesting reports to me. Uh, those would probably be the ones that are more likely to bear anomalous characteristics. We've got more than 50% that are just, you know, round and little, you know, spherical things, probably balloon-like, right? But now jumping over to that orb thing for just a second. John Ramirez met him last October, by the way, wonderful guy. And, uh, and I hope to speak more with him in the future because he has some interesting perspectives on all this. Um, Noting that the CIA has done independent studies into these orbs, first of all, that's not surprising to me, given that the example we were shown of an alleged unresolved UAP was this, what, a spherical thing, an orb seen over the Middle East, not unlike the one that was shown in the photograph released by Jeremy Corbell earlier this year. Um, so it seems that there are unresolved incidents involving orb-like UAP, but also keep in mind that Sean Kirkpatrick was talking about the fact that currently Arrow does not have Title 50 authority. In very simple terms, what that means is the CIA, okay, Central Intelligence and other intelligence agencies have a lot of stuff that Arrow has yet to be made privy to. So one might argue that that actually jibes with what Ramirez and others have said, that probably deep within the intelligence community, there are independent studies that have not been discussed publicly until maybe in recent years. And I hope going forward, maybe with whistleblowers or who knows what else, that we'll learn a little more about that. But I suspect that Ramirez is probably right. The CIA probably is withholding information. And Kirkpatrick yet again seems to convey that he wants access to that. I hope that Gillibrand and Congress will hope or help rather uh, in getting them access to that information. Yeah. That was a good point that was made is that Kirkpatrick didn't have any access to the secret projects, black projects. He was in the dark like everybody else. He was just merely a scientist looking into this. But Jimmy, you brought up earlier about witnesses and he mentioned and he he turned he he told Gillibrand that like if you have any witnesses, bring them on over. Let let them tell the story. And the thing is that there were rumors that we were supposed to get 
UAP witness hearings back in December. We didn't receive those. My question would be, do you, I mean, do you have any expectation to receive those this year? Or is that just too much of a stretch to even ask for? It's not going to be with Arrow. Arrow is not ET. So take it, take Arrow off the table. That is not an ET. So then, uh, so then if, if we were to get hearings, then that Jimmy. would be the Senate Intelligence Committee, and that would be Marco Rubio and, and maybe a House subcommittee uh, dealing with UFOs and ET contact um, and, and that possibility of, of stuff not of this earth. But it's not going to happen through Arrow. No, Arrow is not ET, period. Mm -hmm. I have a question for you, James. Um, yes. Do you think that Arrow could ever be about ET? In other words, if if Kirkpatrick says we're going to follow the data wherever it leads, and if they are truly an all-domain anomaly resolution office, which is looking at undersea, aerial, and presumably space phenomena, I mean, I would have to imagine if they ever find evidence of anything coming into our atmosphere that's unequivocally ET, they would be that. Do you think it's possible that going forward at some point, if the data ever were to be made available to them, that Arrow could be about ET? No, I, I think that the mission statement was clear. The mission statement is to make this somebody else's problem. Dreaming of a better sleep? Tossing and turning is not your destiny. And Ollie is here to help. Ollie invites you to sink into sweet, sweet slumber to improve your mental and physical health and overall wellness. More than just melatonin, Ollie's ingredients help you unwind your mind for a delightfully dreamy drift off. Sleep is on the way at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. And, and that's it. So if they can come up with a resolution, they can. If they can't, that that investigation goes to somebody else and they're going to hand it off. Now, who are they handing it off to? That's the interesting part yeah. in this conversation. It you is. Know, who, who is continuing the investigation? That was something that Gillibrand, um, uh, again, um, I don't run the hearing, and I think that this hearing was about budget concerns and and laying out uh, Arrow's mission and and looking for money. That's that's what this was about. That's fine. It's nothing. It's, it happens all the time. It's bureaucracy. But um, Gillibrand getting a softball in her hand should have thrown the pitch, and the pitch should have been just that. Okay, if you find something that uh, is is clearly not of this earth, and you need to make it somebody else's problem. Who are you giving it to? That'd be a great question. Who, who is going to continue this? This is a big concern. The universe is a big place. It's teeming with life. We know that. And if it's here visiting us and you find that out, but you don't want to deal with it because it's not your job and you're going to identify it, classify it, and hand, who are you handing it off to? And I, I think that was a clear and honest uh, situation that – that Jill Brand just didn't take advantage of. And he said that three, maybe four times. Yeah. Um, and now, 
uh, I, I want to, uh, I don't want to take up everybody's time here. I want to go back to Christina's point. The Avi Loeb article. Now, here, when that article came out, and I know that everybody here read it, everybody in the chat room read it, all the headlines around the world, which picked it up and misidentified the article with alien motherships are here, right? right. <laughs> okay, so, um, so, but with that, Kirkpatrick, and I had said then, Micah, I believe I said this to you, I certainly mm-hmm. said it to others, oh, yeah. that Avi Loeb doesn't speak without data backing up what his mind is thinking, right? He doesn't do that. He bases everything on data, and so does Sean Kirkpatrick. So if they are going to turn around and co-byline an article about probes being deposited here that are exiting alien motherships inside of our solar system, that's a pretty big deal. So what data is, you know, uh, is it that they were seeing that would... Uh, provide the motivation to write something like this, which was quite stunning and quite compelling. And it was an article that you could read any type of way, right? And and there are those out there like the news outlets that turn that article into alien motherships or, or dropping off probes in the solar system. That was their choice. But yeah. plenty of people are going to deduce that. They're going to extract that straight out and read it that way. Well, that wasn't the Sean Kirkpatrick that showed up at the hearing. So where was Gillibrand at that moment? Wait, 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 not E.T. Uh, What about this article that you just wrote? What was your motivation? What was the data in that? If you're saying no data today is pointing to E.T., what was the data that that literally forced your hand into co-authoring an article like this? You know, and it, it was like Kirkpatrick, it was um, yin and yang. You know, it was like a Superman bizarro world, right? Where we're getting two different two different realities here. So, but I, I do, I do, I am resolute. I have resolution. And <laughs> Arrow is, has nothing to do with E.T., extraterrestrial intelligence, extraterrestrial civilizations or visitations on this planet. And this community needs to understand that need to focus on something else because it's not Sean Kirkpatrick and it's not arrow. And it's certainly this organization is not what Lou Elizondo has been talking about. It's not what Chris Mellon has been talking about. So if there's another organization or something else that they're communicating with in Washington, D.C., I would certainly like to know, but it's not Arrow. Well, I'm going to remain hopeful. I'm not going to give up yet, okay? But, but Jimmy, you make a really important point, and I think that really this, this is advice that should be heeded. Everybody always is kind of hanging their hopes on, well, somebody else should be doing it. I mean, even Kirkpatrick is saying, my job is to make this somebody else's problem. And in truth, really just to answer that question, my guess is that this would probably go to U.S. Spacecom or the U.S. Space Force. But at one point, Kirkpatrick did also say, listen, if we find evidence of ET, that's going to be something that we're going to, you know, bring to the attention of national security leaders. We will brief the president on that in the proper means by which we determine that it should be done. So he did address at least that much. Right. But but here's the thing. He did about, mention um, NASA too, Micah. And that was interesting. It was like, well, that's kind of out of left field with, you know, because he gave yeah. his mission parameters, right? 
Yes. And, and right. NASA wasn't inside of that box that he laid out. And it was, right. Yeah, it was. It was a little separate, wasn't it? But Jim, listen, listen, I don't want to lose the important point you just made. When Jimmy's saying that maybe we shouldn't rest all our hopes on something like the All Domain Anomaly Resolution Office, honestly, I've been saying that for decades. I've been telling you that. I've been telling the listeners of Fade to Black that for a decade, Jimmy. Look at all the good data that UFO investigation organizations have collected. The right. Center for UFO Studies, the Scientific Coalition for UFO, uh, UAP Studies, MUFON. Look at all these agencies and all the data they've collected. We keep waiting for government to give us stuff. How often is government fully forthcoming? Again, like Avi always says, the skies are not classified. We need scientists looking at this. Right. We need the civilian UFO investigators to remember that the data they have could be vital at this point going forward. I'm not resting all my hopes on government. I'm going to keep working with the data we've had for decades, which may prove to be vital toward our understanding of whatever this phenomenon is. So great point, Jimmy. Yeah, you know, I, I think Sean Kirkpatrick should uh, call up Peter Davenport. That's right. Yeah, well, actually, I think he should. And you know what? On that point, if he's willing to work with uh, Avi Loeb, as he has shown, and there was an announcement by uh, Brian Bender earlier this year that Enigma Labs would be working with um, the uh, uh, Aero uh, and and the, it would also be interfacing with other academic groups and things. So Arrow seems to be trying to work with a lot of different groups within private and commercial sectors. It would be wonderful if Arrow would also go to MUFON, SCU, and you know the National UFO Reporting Center with all that data they've collected. Mm -hmm. We could be missing out if they don't. So yeah, I hope you're right on that too. Yeah, yeah. You know, like, I, I I want answers. I would love to be saying something different right now, but life is short. Uh, I, I want I want to get to the end of this thing, uh, <laughs> number one, and and number two. And I think it it is so so important that uh, if we if we keep the momentum going that we seem to have right now, and it is with Washington and the Department of Defense and the media, uh, the community, the world, right? We've got a lot of, of movement happening. This is not the time to sit on our hands and, and to expect you know, something like Arrow to be a part of this equation and put too much hope into that. No, life is too short. We need to back up, let him do his thing, whatever. But that's not, he's not part of the community. He's not part of the equation. And we just need to uh, keep everything moving forward and, and not concentrate and waste time on Arrow. That's, that's my take. I think that's an interesting point to make and one that I would like to dive deeper into, but we do have a few articles to cover. But beforehand, Chris, thank you so much. I got it. We're looking at $55 now for an Amazon or Starbucks gift card. The word is fader. Brian, thank you so much for that. And James, welcome to becoming a YouTube member. That is so awesome. I'm glad that you're enjoying the content here. So while we're... Moo, moo, moo. Exactly. <laughs> let's let's get into the Texas cattle mutilation. Yeah. Jimmy and I, we did a whole show on this yesterday, but there have been some updates regarding what happened just last week. Micah, before before we even touch the article, what are your thoughts on cattle mutilations? Aliens, of course. No, I mean, <laughs> no, I mean <laughs> you know, uh, I think, I think Jimmy and I have talked about this a little in the past. I've always been fascinated by cattle mutilations. I am not oh, in the camp that believes that they are all easily identifiable as just simple 
you know, animal dropped dead, scavengers came along, picked the soft tissues and organs. Now, I think that there are definitely some anomalous cases going back to the 1970s. You look at the work of Gabe Valdez and some of these people who said, not only did we find the so-called surgical precision and these kinds of you know elements with regard to the removal, but we also find other patterns in some of the deaths. One of the most intriguing things to me had been this uh, presence of what appeared to be like a um, I, I don't think it was very visible. Uh, it was some sort of a powder or a substance on the backs of some of these animals that was found to fluoresce under blacklight, uh, which seemed to imply that some cattle, especially in the 1970s and 80s cases, had been marked almost in advance so that they could be identified maybe under low light situations. Uh, there have been connections between the cattle mutilations and sightings of aerial phenomena. I've often wondered about that, though. And by aerial phenomena, I don't just mean anomalous vehicles. Remember the black helicopters back during the 80s and 90s? There was a whole organization called Project Stigmata that looked into all this. So I've always been interested in these things. But a fundamental question that needs to be asked is, how can we identify a mutilation from an animal who has just died? And a big investigation, one of the biggest FOIA or Public Record Act request investigations I've done probably ever, I just completed earlier this year where I was looking into some mysterious Colorado cattle deaths. We still don't know exactly what caused those cattle to die, but there weren't instances where there was mutilation that occurred. So I think in some instances, we have to look at a variety of factors that range from Clostridium bacteria and toxification and things like that in the food supply or water supply that can cause cattle deaths. Then you got stuff like what appears to have been happening down there in Texas uh, that you guys just looked at. These animals died under mysterious circumstances, no overt cause of death in these cattle mutilation instances, in addition to the removal of organs and other portions of the body. Sometimes we also see exsanguination. There's blood drained out of the body. Those are the ones that are in the minority. And you talk to guys like Chris O'Brien and other longtime researchers, they'll tell you too. It's those few cases that seem to bear those obvious intent and unusual aspects that are in a genuine mutilation that are of interest. And I think that there are a few that actually fit that qualification. Maybe these in Texas do as well. And in Texas, for those that aren't familiar with this article, this was this was just released last week. There were seven cattle, seven cows that were mutilated, which is cattle, right? More than well, one. Just, they've just added a seventh. There was yeah. six. <clears throat> right. They just did the update today. Tell us about that, Christina. This is actually big news. Yes. This this is this is huge news. While there were a significant amount amount of cattle mutilations in the seventies. There's, there seems to be another uptick once again. Since about 2019, there have been a handful that have been reported in the United States. We also covered it a few weeks back of one that took place in Australia. And now we have this one in Texas where there have been seven cows found that have been mutilated with their tongues removed. And what's really odd is that after the necropsy, they said that the cause of death was pneumonia. In one. In one. And one was pneumonia. And and here's here's the crazy part. You mean it didn't die of the mutilation? It didn't die of its skin getting peeled back? It didn't get it didn't die because its its butt was cut out, its genitals were removed, it, it, its teeth were cut, its ear, the holes in it. No, it didn't it died from pneumonia. And and so did it get pneumonia after? The mutilation, it's kind of a weird uh, thing to come up, and it just doesn't make any sense. Now, I'm not saying it wasn't pneumonia. I'm saying it just adds to the high strangeness here. It is strange. Very strange. Very, very strange. Did the cow have pneumonia before the mutilation? 
And even that's, you know, or, or when did this set? It's, it's, that's crazy. It didn't die from the mutilation. It died from pneumonia. Yeah, crazy. And, okay, so uh, quick update here. Um, on the seventh cow, all the same. No blood. Okay, no blood. Same surgical precision involved. No tire tracks. No footprints. Uh, no, no disturbance. Uh, around uh, the the cow, the cow, and that it appears to be placed. So that's that's the, and, and to have that similar. And by the way, Micah, I'm sure you know this. All from different herds. Yes. All from different pastures, but along the same highway. Yeah. Is it that you know? It, it, now I, I I had said to Christina, Micah, I, I, let's do a poll. I want to do a poll with you right now. Would you rather, and you don't don't give me the Micah Hanks answer. You give okay, me the Micah Hanks B. answer if I want to. No, just A or B. A, would you rather this be aliens or B, satanic cults, <laughs> right? Which, which is scarier to you? You always make it so easy. I'd rather it be aliens because then at least there will presumably be a scientific element, right? Yes, yes 100%. That's exactly what I said. <laughs> That's exactly what I said. That that would make a lot of sense to me, and I'm okay with that. You know, <laughs> aliens want... over Satan is any day of the week. The, uh, yeah, I know because the <laughs> other choice, if it's not aliens, we're that we're into very scary uh, areas here that I don't even want to contemplate. I need this to be aliens. Well, again, even if it if we remove those two possibilities and look at some of the other ideas that have been put forward over the years, like again, Chris O'Brien, who I aforementioned, has long argued he thinks it's very likely that this is an earthly phenomenon that these phenomena are the result of some kind of testing that's being taken uh, you know undertaken and has been for many decades i think that there's a good possibility of that again when you when you mention the single cattle from different herds along a, a you know a, a a single roadway i mean it, it reminds me of like a buffet line right i'm going to take a little sample of this and a little sample of that and a sample of this there does, again, maybe this is just me inferring that from this, but that seems to be, to me, uh, how I would think a sampling would occur rather than just random deaths. You're not wrong. You're not wrong. You're not wrong. And and I'm interrupting because I want your answer to this. I want your feedback. When I asked Richard Dolan about this, uh, was it last night? He was on the show? The night before. I can't remember. Uh, but when I asked Richard about this, this is what he said. He goes, you know, Jimmy, why wouldn't they just go to the rancher and buy the cattle? If you want to do a random test, don't steal from the rancher. Don't ruin it. Just buy the cattle and then go and test it. Why, why would you turn around as a secret organization and and steal uh, the cattle and then put it back on, on the ranch and make it the, the rancher's problem? If you're doing it for testing, just buy it. And I thought, that's a real, that, I can't argue with that. Well, I mean, the other question there is too, is why, if you're going to be sampling like this, why return the carcass to the property so that it will inevitably make headlines? Unless, of course, there's a reason why you want that to make news, right? Yeah, shell game, right? Yeah, and I, I wonder about that too. I mean, if this were truly, if the intent were actually truly a covert element, 
there are much better ways to do this covertly. There is not a completely covert element here by any stretch of the imagination. And I can only conclude, therefore, that part of this is by design, by yeah. intent, a message. There is a reason why the cattle are mutilated and the carcasses are left thereby for these cattle ranchers and for investigators, law enforcement to have to go out there and try and, you know, stumble over and understand. And then the newspapers write about it. You know, this is obviously. Yeah that's, a, yeah, that's a terrestrial mindset, and that makes a lot of sense. If it's an ET mindset, it makes perfect sense. <laughs> it does, man. They're kicking it out of the back door of the flying saucer and moving on right yeah, up the highway. Like. You know, yeah, beaming up, beaming up <laughs> stuff along the highway <laughs> and, and doing their stuff and then dropping off the cattle when they're done because they don't give a crap. It's just garbage to them. Um, and that would make a lot of sense. Um, the shell game, you know, look over here while this is going on over here. Uh, Christina uh, mentioned that the other day uh, really well um, in a very elegant way. That that also makes a lot of sense. But but why create the drama unless you're trying to deflect off of the actual drama, right? And so that would, yeah, back to your point, Micah, makes a lot of sense. But then you have Richard's view. Why not just buy these things? Well, why why create so i don't know if in good faith there were an actual test being undertaken by a government agency that was being forthcoming about what was being tested and its reasons for the tests being taken uh, undertaken yeah that would make a lot of sense richard's got a good point there i have to say yeah, he does. Uh, and i i don't disagree at all again it makes that aspect of it makes no sense and it does for whatever this it may ultimately prove to be if it's ever determined to be anything that makes these to me Strange, high, strange. In fact, high strangeness to the fore. So, yeah, but yeah. If it, if it were to be people, when have they ever been logical? I mean, while it sounds like a great idea that Richard had presented, why not just buy it? When have people ever like thought clearly on something, especially something like this? Never. Not yeah. <laughs> all practically never. So. Well, I think it's it's a great explanation. You're like, uh, yeah, why? You know, your average person might think that. But if it is a, you know, a certain agency, right? When have they ever played by the rules? Please be aliens. Please be aliens. Please be aliens. <laughs> right, that's right. Man. Somebody call the all-domain anomaly resolution office. Tell them yeah. we're expanding their territory. Yeah, right. Hey, Kirkpatrick. Oh, he'll love that. <laughs> Cows moo. <laughs> you know, um, but uh, yeah, let's just hope it's aliens. In in this case, really, we need it to be aliens. I don't need it to be a bunch of 16-year-old kids from Texas with a satanic cult that they're running out of their junior high school. I, that, that that would just scare the crap out of me. And, but there would be no way with that amount of immense precision. You, you would need to be clearly knowledgeable on how to butcher a cow or a bull in order to replicate what ranchers have seen you learn that in biology class when you dissect that pig I'm you just do saying. not i mean I, you, you I, learn I, about like the organs but you do not know how to learn how to slice and dice perfect I, I don't know you can get a cordless dremel at a uh, home depot for about 39.95 so then there'll be blood everywhere well, right? i would uh, yeah i agree with christina i think that'd be pretty messy but you know here's the other aspect of all this stop micah uh, what do you make of that the lack of blood thing. I, I just don't get oh, yeah. that. I, no, I, it, is, it is weird. It's really weird. Again, that that's like one, that's one of those elements of the really strange cases that has always perplexed me. You, you know, when you have animal 
depredation that's occurring. For instance, in the Colorado cases I was looking at, spoke with uh, officials, uh, emailed with wildlife biologists, you know, and I, I, I actually reviewed a manual that was not um, originally made available to the public. And to my knowledge, I may have been one of the first that got to see this um, internal document about, it was an animal depredation guide that basically gave the uh, criteria that Colorado Parks and Wildlife looks at when it's wolf or if it's bear or if it's mountain lion depredation. And I'm going to tell you, man, there are no animals when they kill a cow or there are no other means by which cattle die natural deaths that I know of where the blood just leaks completely out of the body and they are found exsanguinated. And yet this is what's described in cases at least going back to the 70s. So, yeah, no, those are really strange. And I don't know of any natural mechanism for that. It doesn't make any sense. And to have uh, uh, one of the uh, the points that I had made the other day, and I know everybody, it's 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 just a fact. Okay, when a hunter goes and and kills an animal and they have to drain the body, that's a lot of blood. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of blood. And then now we're talking about a two thousand pound bovine. Yeah. You know how many gallons of blood that we are talking about that isn't anywhere? And it's not a, a small hole puncture. It's the skin being removed. You know, where is all of that blood going? Yeah. And, it, you know, for it, it, look, if it just coagulated, dried up in the dirt and, and sat there and it wasn't wet blood, right? You'd see, you would see, you would see a big black spot on the ground and it's not I- there. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yeah, that much blood would be evident. Now, here are the other things. If we were to, like, you know, line out the the really odd elements of true mutilations, again, everybody always kind of fixates on, well, the surgical precision that could be accounted for by this or that, insects, birds, you know, small scavengers. Even if you allow for that, again, the real strange things to me are first, the exanguination, uh, the lack of any kind of tire tracks or footprints or any other kind of ground disturbance. Predator, predator footprints. The lack, a, yeah. the, again, to the contrary of the skeptical view that it's animal depredation or it's scavenging, often these bodies don't seem to exhibit any evidence of that. A lot of them seem to have been avoided by scavengers. Uh, 
who have intentionally left the body alone, they won't go near it. Even that's insects right. are often said to avoid them. So that's another weird aspect of it. Also, that weird fluorescing kind of substance on the backs of some of the cattle in the 1970s and 80s cases that I mentioned earlier. Um, and here's another one, and this is really interesting, and I'd love to know if this happened to apply to the cases in Texas recently. Sometimes there appears to be post-mortem bruising and bone breakage. Jimmy, you remember this? Yes. Uh -huh. It seems to indicate that the animal may have been dropped from mm -hmm. an altitude, and thereby it, it led to, I mean, because, again, we have to take into consideration the motion, the power that would be requisite to break an animal's bone like that. And it seemed to be the case that in some of the instances where these animals were found out there, there was that breakage that appeared to have occurred post-mortem. So it's like the animal's already dead. They drop it from the sky and it's got a broken bone. The mm -hmm. animal won't fall over like that on its own power of its own volition and just die and break its you know legs as it falls over. Clearly, it seems that these are the anomalous elements of some of these cases. No. And not just that, but how do you chase down and immobilize a cow? Because if it was people or a hunter with the rifle even, wouldn't there be a lot of footprints, noise, cows going nuts and yeah. making a lot of noise? Like, why in all of these cases do these things things happen unnoticed and unheard? Because spooked cows make a heck of a lot of noise and they can stampede as well. You'll see that in the ground. So how how has this never been caught in action as it is happening. These yeah. are the big questions that yeah. Yeah. no one has the answers to. Yeah. And I've watched Yellowstone, okay? So I'm an expert on this. And <laughs> and, and to watch, uh, you know, what uh, what it takes for a group of cowboys, uh, we're up to 62 entries. Come on, everybody. We've got uh, 157 likes. Type in, we need another 100 faders. Come on. Type in to a, win a $55 Amazon or Starbucks gift card, we'll do that drawing at the very end of the show. That's the easiest 50 bucks you're ever going to make. <laughs> I made 50 bucks at a wet t-shirt contest once. Um, so, um, uh, but here's the thing. How many trucks, ropes, horses, cowboys are involved to, to get to one of these 2,000-pound ca uh, cattle? There's that. Two, what kind of helicopter, if it is a helicopter, is involved? You would still have to have something on the ground. But how are you going to uh, hitch up a cow with a helicopter? And how big of a helicopter is it that is picking up a 2,000-pound cow? Number three, the noise. You cannot tell me. That some Skahorsky sky crane, right? Some some jolly green giant, Micah. You know what I'm talking about. These are uh, flying cranes, uh, mm -hmm. helicopters that you would need to pick up something like this, and to do that seven times and nobody saw nothing it along just, the highway. It's strange no. credulity, man. No. I don't. I can't think of any single simple explanation and this is the issue again you know I, jimmy you know and i know it, it drives you nuts sometimes that i always try to operate with a skeptical mindset but to me good skepticism is not well i'm just gonna say what it seems like it would be to me in avoidance of really looking at all the data and all of the evidence right and this is an issue I often take with what I call the modern skeptics, or maybe you could call them paid skeptics, you know, professional debunkers. Oh, sure. If somebody is known for us being a skeptic and it's their job to come up with anything other than the seemingly impossible explanations and therefore 
inherently what appears to be a more likely or logical explanation. Oh, they'll come up with one, but that don't mean it's right. That doesn't mean that it fits all the little tick marks. And here, there's no simple singular explanation to me that can account for the truly anomalous cases. It, it, as you just outlined perfectly, there's a whole lot of factors that need to be taken into consideration. It's an operation that somebody or something is doing incredibly well and covertly and seemingly for no real good reason. We know that there are certain things that are being taken, but then there are things that are being returned. They're just being dropped off. Again, comes back to Dolan's question. Why not just go buy the cow? <laughs> yeah, why not go buy the cow? That, that night over the weekend when my Google alert pops up on my phone, right? And, and I start reading this art. I was like, what? That's weird. No, no, what? And then it just got, it got stranger. I mean, all of the woo that you need in one article, they got it done in like five paragraphs, man. <laughs> yeah, I guess they did. <laughs> it was amazing. All right. Well, we for one more. So, so we only have Jimmy and Micah for about 10 more minutes, but the show will continue. Micah, I really do want to cover the article that you published on the debrief not too long ago. Sure. Android, thank you so much for that. I was not aware of that information. And Oscar, Welcome to the channel. Thank you so much for being a member and supporting the channel as well. But Micah, you wrote a really fascinating article that was titled New Concerns Over Threats from Space Revealed in Latest U.S. Classified Document Leak. What can you tell us about that? Well, it's classified. I'm sorry, Christina. I can't say a whole lot. Uh, now, Jimmy's got the requisite clearance level, so he and I can talk about it off the mic. But I mean, no. That, you know, that, that was our newsletter this week, and uh, I've been trying to devote a little bit of time to these classified document leaks. And there was some disturbing information that came out. Uh, for instance, today, um, there was discussion about some of the past behavior and suggestions of even violent or aggressive behavior by uh, Jack Teixeira, I think is how he pronounces his last name, the uh, Massachusetts Air National Guardsman who was 21 years old. He was hanging out on Discord with his buddies and leaking sensitive classified information. Um, initially, there were a lot of mixed opinions about this, even with the debrief team and I, until, and I have to hand it to them, the Washington Post and the New York Times almost simultaneously in a pincer move, you know, they came in there with all this information. They had interviewed some of the people in the Discord chat. Uh, subsequently, that same day, in fact, I think it was released the name of the individual, and then I think that the FBI arrested him later that afternoon. Currently, uh, the recommendation of prosecutors is, man, he needs to be kept uh, in in confinement because they're concerned about him being a flight risk, that he may try to leave the country, even may attempt to, uh, or, or rather that foreign operatives may attempt to try and, uh, you know, bring him in and recruit him. So there are a lot of concerns about this situation, but fundamentally what we're also seeing is all this information coming out. And yes, some of these had to do with potential threats from space. <clears throat> what you're seeing in the image right there is a model essentially or an artistic rendering of uh, the completed Russian space pro uh, or space station that uh, is in, currently they've outlined hopefully to be able to have done by 2025 but it was also just announced yesterday that russia is going to be hanging with the iss at least through 2028 a lot of dynamics going on there in the meantime china well china's not of course one of the international partners currently that's working with uh, nasa and the esa and other nations japan uh, china has of course already uh, put its own orbital platform together it is currently got a lot of aspirations and among the threats that are concerning u.s officials right now are the idea that first of all in addition to having its own space station that china may also try to build lunar bases 
of strategic significance with relevance to resources on the, the lunar surface. And, and not only to build those, but also maybe to try and say, well, this is our territory on the moon and thereby the U.S. and its allies. You can't come here. You can't come near our locations. Uh, NASA Administrator Bill Nelson already aired these concerns earlier this year, and it was immediately denounced by China. They said this is all lies. But apparently what we see in these classified documents is that some of the very same concerns that Bill Nelson had aired earlier this year or late last year and that have been continually denied by China, apparently U.S. intelligence officials are concerned about this also. We also have hypersonics and delivery mechanisms from orbit, all these kinds of things too, and of course, espionage using spy satellites. So there are a lot of things that are very concerning to U.S. officials right now, and these classified documents Again, it's never a good thing really when that, well, I don't know, it can be a good thing sometimes when those kinds of leaks occur. It just depends on what information is leaked. There's been a lot that we've learned in recent days, and it's really showcased the ever-changing dynamic uh, in terms of going forward and maintaining national security with greater and greater relevance to what's happening in Earth's orbit. Thank you yeah, for explaining that in detail. Yeah, all good points. Uh, I've, I've, uh, we're we're getting so close to populating the moon right now. Yeah, I mean we're getting uh, space flight is a little bit too easy. Everybody's got a rocket, right? And I'm, I'm not I'm not being cavalier. No, uh, it's 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 when you consider uh, SpaceX wants to do what two hundred launches next year? Two hundred, yeah. two, yeah. two. <laughs> I mean, here's the thing. They're the compar- they're, they have become commercial partners of NASA. So, I mean, they're not only going to be capable of their well, – here's the thing. It's not about even capability. I think it's about aspiration. Elon Musk, and you also extend this to Richard Branson, you know, and Jeff Bozo, I mean, Bezos, you know. Some of these guys, they see their place in history as being the ones who made space travel accessible. They're going to try and facilitate that for NASA. But they're also going to try and say, we want to make it available to the common man who happens to have millions of dollars laying around and can afford that ticket. But I mean, you know, that commercial aspect of all this, it's both exciting. It's still, you know, space travel for the few. But I mean, we are finally getting to that point where it's going to be feasible. And, 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 And the point that I would like to make here is that one of the things I've never really heard addressed but if you've got somebody with resources like Bezos or Elon Musk, or there's plenty of uh, startups right now, but what are the ground rules of getting to the moon and start a mining operation? Okay, so you can talk about China all day long, and that should be a big concern. Absolutely. They're looking at the South Pole right now, right? Um, so I get that. But what what are the rules? Where is... You know, we have international law. Do we have laws of space? Do we have uh, do we have a plan internationally on how the moon is going to be divided up and shared? There's because- a space treaty, but the question is: is I mean, do we really realistically think that China will adhere to any kind of existing agreements or treaties? I, I highly oh, doubt. Okay. That. I'm talking. Yes, yes, yes. And what's going to stop somebody that's already king of the world? Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Elon Musk is king of the world. 
Who's got more power than Elon Musk? <laughs> I would argue almost nobody. 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 <laughs> who owns the power. Twitter? <laughs> he's got ever dude. He's got his own. He's got his own space force. He's got his own internet. He's got his own social media engine. He's got his own car company. Uh, his own batteries. Uh, he's making Android robots. He owns artificial intelligence. I mean, what? 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 Do you understand? He's got all of the elements in play to take over everything so who's going to stop elon musk for going and mining helium three i don't know i don't know and and where are the where are the rules for this because it's going to be like uh, the 1849 gold rush right yeah the new gold rush in that's a really interesting connection that you made and i think that's a really great point that people don't understand the gold rush was was a wild time you know we, we can read that in history books on how crazy people went that they would starve they would be dehydrated just to find gold and just to become rich in some way or make a name for themselves the same thing is happening with the space race getting to the moon getting to mars people are becoming fanatics about it to a point where could it be classified as dangerous that's an interesting point jimmy yeah uh, i don't know if everybody has caught and if you haven't you should watch it it's a series on apple called for all mankind and it's an alternative history TV series about the space race. And Russia gets to the moon first in the 1960s. Okay, so they beat us there. But uh, everything is in play. Uh, everybody, Armstrong, Level, uh, everybody right that we know of, uh, from history plays their roles in this. But they do make it to the moon. And not only, do, I, I'm talking about. Spoiler alert, folks. Right. And, and do they have a shootout? They have a shootout. You know, and so what, what's going to go down? You don't have a tremendous amount of armed forces to back you up up there. No, you've got, you know, a half a dozen guys with guns, and you're invading the next town over, like the gold rush. You don't have any police. You don't have it's, – it's, it's, it's the Wild West, right? And, and so who's going to stop who from doing whatever they want on the moon? You're not calling nine one one. You know what? What are you going to do? So who's going to stop anybody from doing anything? That includes China, and that also includes the United States and Russia and whoever else is going to be landing there. And we didn't even get to Japan. You know they uh, they had their failed uh, they had their failed landing attempt on uh, the dark side of the moon this week too as well. Uh, uh, also. A completely private enterprise. That was yes. a private That's right. Yeah, completely private. Guys, I got to get out of here. I got to get out of here. I've had a heck of a day. Uh, Micah, I love you, brother. I, I, I don't enjoy debating anybody more than Micah Hanks. Christian Gomez, you're the absolute best. I'll see everybody tonight. Speaking of that, Micah, I got your boy on the show tonight. Which one? Mick West. Oh, will you tell Mick I said hello? And I, I mean that sincerely. You too. You too. If I can are... tune in on the way back from the gig. I will listen live. I'll talk to you guys. Okay. So I'll see everybody tonight with Mick West. Behave. Be well. I'm out. I got to go. Bye, Jimmy. Thank you. It's and Micah, you have to leave as well. About time to hit it down the road and go strum the guitar for a little while. So, Christina, always a pleasure to be here with you and to see all you guys out there. Uh, many, many glad tidings. And until the next time. Bye, Micah. Thank you. 
Well, we still have a few articles to cover, and it is always, always, always a pleasure to have Jimmy and Micah on, especially with their very busy schedules. They were only able to stay for an hour, but we still have some time left, and we still have to do the drawing for a $55 Starbucks or Amazon gift card. That word is fader. I will place that in the right here on the screen as you can see it here but also right here we have 82 entries let's get to at least 90 all right at the very least but we still have about 30 minutes and i have a few articles to cover with you today put this word exactly in the live chat so you know what jimmy hit on japan so let's go into more detail on that i'm going to share an image here as a visual aid but also it was a part of the article let me pull that up but don't worry, we also have Puck the Puck Wedgie, the host that is always with me, always smiling and has really big ears. He's a really good listener as well. But here, ja the Japanese startup iSpace said on Wednesday that they attempted to get to the moon. And while they were so close to landing, it crashed. And this was about 25 minutes after the landing was supposed to occur. Well, we didn't really get anything after that. There were some beautiful images that were taken. You can find those online. Really beautiful, actually. But the, the really interesting about this, and I'm really happy that Jimmy touched on it, is that this was a private enterprise that wanted to get a, a ship and extra equipment onto the moon, but failed. But this is nothing new because this was their very first launch. They weren't even expecting to get that far. Of course, it was incredibly disappointing to receive that on their side of the command center of seeing their, their baby not make it. Of course, that's going to break anyone's heart. But at the same time, it wasn't a 100% guarantee that it was even going to land. Now, in April of 2019, the Israeli organization Space IL watched their lander crash into the moon's surface. And then India attempted to do the same in 2016, and that also crashed. This is nothing new. And, and I feel, you know, really bad for Japan with a few articles. I was just kind of like laughing at them, stating, oh, they didn't do a good job. They don't have good engineers or whatever, because country after country after country have failed, but they have later succeeded after a few attempts. Now, this company, iSpace, only has about 200 employees, and they stated that it aims to extend the sphere of human life into space and create a sustainable world by providing high-frequency, low-cost transportation services to the moon. It seems that the majority, if not almost all of the private companies, want to do the exact same. Make it into transportation, make it into tourism, because that's where the money lies. And that's what this is all about. While so many of these companies, so many of these individuals want to make a name for themselves, as Micah had stated, it's really about making that money. Have it be for mining, have it be for tourism, have it be that at some point the earth will no longer be habitable. So we have to move to the moon or Mars these are very possible and there have been so many sci-fi movies and tv shows that have mused on those types of topics now is it something that we should truly consider yes absolutely we are a space-faring species we are naturally explorers we can remember this as children or maybe you're an explorer even today you love going to new areas if you're into hiking or you're like enjoy looking for treasure like a pirate right we, we have these slight thrills when we find 
something that we didn't expect, but we had a slight anticipation for, or maybe we're curious about the unknown. That's why you are here watching this because we all have this hunger for attempting to understand the unexplained, to look into strange mysteries and with science or with those that have had their own experiences as well. It can fill in the gaps to help us attempt to understand some of the world's and some of humanity's biggest questions and also some of the biggest mysteries that we have right here on planet Earth and throughout the universe as well. Now, this firm, iSpace, believes the moon will support a population of 1,000 people by 2040, which is an arm's reach, really, and then 10,000 more visiting each year after that. Could you imagine 10,000 people visiting the moon and back and forth doing its thing? The question would be, what would you, like, what kind of entertainment would there be? I guess that'd be my question. Of course, there will be habitats placed on the moon that has been a plan for decades. But while it would be awesome to tour the moon, I'm fully for it, touring Mars, just going into space, I'm 100% for it. But could you imagine buying a ticket from Earth to the moon? You spend a week on the moon, maybe do like some like anti-gravity kind of walks, having a little bit of fun. But then what are you going to do after that? I mean, the scenery must be beautiful looking at planet Earth. Don't get me wrong. I look at that image right there. It's stunning. But aside from that, are they going to have like a swimming pool? Are they going to have some recreational activities of some kind? <laughs> those are my questions. But I bet you they probably already answered those things. Chicho, thank you so much. That's so kind of you. What do you think of Ingo Swan's book, which details of remote viewing with the U.S. government and seeing a base on the moon and creatures looking back at him. Oh, thank you for the gift card. I'm happy you already put the conversions there. That is awesome. When it comes to remote viewing, Jimmy and I did a show on Mysteries with a History going into detail on that. And I think it's it's a very fascinating thing that so many people have attempted to do and I've claimed to do. Yes, I have tried myself. I have no shame in saying so. And I have failed every single time. But I think it is absolutely fascinating to see how how much further our brains can go, because from what scientists have stated, we only use about eight to 10 percent of our brain capacity. That leaves 90 percent. You could do telekinesis if you wanted to. You could do remote viewing. You could you could read people's minds. That would be amazing, but also kind of terrifying at the same time, because, oh my gosh, are, is my mind noisy? I can't imagine other people's minds. And just trying to listen to that might sound like a like just radio background noise. I'd probably go insane if that were the case. But while I haven't read the book, and I'm and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you that, I haven't read it, but I do think that it's something that is worth looking into, that the concept of remote viewing because those that have stated that they're able to do it they're able to use more of their brain than the average person and i'm just going to put that in perfect 71 dollars. someone's going to walk away with that that is so awesome the word is fader in all caps place that in the live chat if and only if you are watching this live interesting says scott why thank you reagan says seven percent is that the correct percentage thank you for telling me that keep exploring. That's what it's all about. And that's what so many people love to do most is exploring, have it be out in nature or even online as well, 
right? You, you can explore the world wide web and, and you can still get that kind, those kinds of dopamine hits. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Just like anything else. Hides eight more likes. Good. Yeah. If you're enjoying the content that you are seeing so far, hit the like button. It lets me know that you're enjoying the show. And it also does help the YouTube algorithm as well. Subscribe if you haven't already, because we do a bunch of live shows right here every single week. Now with Jimmy and Micah, we do our roundtable every single month, once a month. And it's always a blast to speak with the both of them. Moving onward, since we have a limited amount of time and still a handful of articles to cover, when it comes to the conversation of octopi, ah, uh, I love it because at least in the community, the UFO community, there's this idea that they had come here through panspermia. So they're not really terrestrial entities, but they would be classified as extraterrestrial because science has proved time and time again of how incredibly intelligent they are and they're their ability to camouflage is like no other. It's insane. If you haven't watched any of those videos of an octopus in the ocean running on its legs and then camouflaging with everything it touches, it is unbelievable. It's amazing. And it's one of the fastest creatures that's able to camouflage in a very short time period compared to a few others. James, thank you for the RV fund. Thank you for that. So let's get into this one. Um, let me pull. It's already pulled up. Oh, and James, I thank you again. You know, if liking definitely supports the channel, but if you do want to support the channel, you can do it through PayPal, through Patreon for the RV fund. Every, you know, all the, all the funding that comes through YouTube or from Patreon goes straight to the channel and to the RV fund where I'll be traveling the United States, hitting all the UFO and paranormal hotspots, documenting it and taking you on the journey with me as soon as I graduate, which will be this summer. Cannot stink and wait for it. Yeah. So looking at this, how many of you enjoy enjoy the octopus? Not talking about eating it, but just like the topic, just how cool these creatures are because they possess a brainwave that has never been seen before in animals along with others similar to those found in humans. So they're stating Scientists that have looked into this and have done extensive research are stating that this certain brave brain wave that these octopi have, it's very similar to what humans create as well. There's no other animal from their understanding, at least not yet, 
that are able to create this, except for humans. And then you have the octopus. So the groundbreaking study captured the first ever brain recording of freely moving I said octopuses. Did it change from octopi to octopuses? Is that the Mandela effect? Well, they put octopuses here. And was performed by implanting electrodes into the animal's brain and connecting them to data loggers under their skin. This is by Live Science. One of the researchers and authors mentioned some of these activity patterns have some similarity to activity patterns observed in the hippocampus, also a memory center. But we also observed unique patterns like 2 hertz activity that were never reported in other animals. Octopuses and their close cephalopod relatives, such as squid and cuttlefish, have been a subject of fascination among biologists ever since the 3rd century, when Roman author and naturalist noted their plainly seen characteristics of mischief and craft. Now, in order to be some... just a slight hint to have a slight hint of mischievousness you need to have an understanding of the future just by a little bit and an understanding of your surroundings as well to see how they would react marty thank you for correcting me on that i remember learning in school i did a whole paper in the third grade about octopus and squid and i remember back in the day now i feel old but back in the day it was I remember writing it down as octopi, reading all these fancy papers as a third grader. And now it's saying octopuses. Makes me feel a little bit better, though, because it just it seems a little bit easier to say than octopi. So thank you for that. Well, octopuses and other cephalopods have been studied because of their intelligence. That's the main reason behind it. Because the animals possess remarkable memory, excel at camouflage, are curious about their surroundings, and have been observed using tools to solve problems. And as the ripples of colors that flash across their skin as they sleep indicate that they might even be dreaming. Now, the dreaming aspect is nothing new. There's, we've come to understand that a lot of animals dream. Cats, dogs, even spiders also dream. It's a little bit spooky there, but you know it's worth mentioning. So that little tidbit is nothing new, but it's fascinating that while these octopuses dream, they're able to change color while doing so, which is a very unique factor. When we see cats or dogs, what we believe for them to be dreaming they kind of twitch here and there their ears might move same thing goes for spiders they do twitch as well but in this case for the octopus they get to change color i like that very much so researchers surgically inserted medical tracking devices into the heads of three capable octopuses placing lightweight data loggers often used on birds between their eyes before connecting them to electrodes inserted into a region of the octopus's brain responsible for learning and memory. The scientists then recorded the octopuses for 12 hours as the creatures slept and while they groomed themselves and explored their tank as well. And that's when they realized these really bizarre brain waves that once again are very similar to those found in the human hippocampus. Now the question would be, why? What's going on here? What would they need it for, right? That would be kind of what you're 
the average mind would go with a creature because we don't classify them necessarily, again, your average person, as incredibly intelligent. Why would they need that? Well, then you can look into the aspect of panspermia, where somehow, in some way, they practically came from space. They're not from here. Now, is that is that true? We do not know. It's one theory of many of why these entities are so intelligent. But I think an interesting example of this is the movie or the TV show Resident Alien. It's on the sci-fi channel, I believe. Season one was great. Loved it. Season two, I couldn't even finish it. I really did not enjoy it. But there was one aspect, and I'm not going to do any spoilers here uh, for the most part. There's this one alien that comes onto Earth. He's here to destroy the planet. And while he's in a restaurant, he sees an octopus in a tank and they're able to speak back to one another. And the octopus is stating, I don't know why I'm here. And what are you doing here, brother? Like, what's going on? And so they're having this conversation and the uh, main character, and his name escapes me, is stating, I don't know what you're doing here. You're so intelligent. How did you even get caught? And he says, well, I was tricked. But what I'm getting at is there are a handful of TV shows and movies that hint to the idea that the octopus is not only incredibly intelligent, but is of alien origin as well. So that's why I really enjoyed this article. And I think so many of you will appreciate it as well, mainly for that aspect of it. Now, if you're not into the theories, that's what they are, of panspermia, you might be like, oh, this is kind of, you know, not that interesting. But if you are into that, you're like, oh my gosh, just one more piece to the puzzle of why this might all make sense. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, eating these little creatures, I'm not, I'm not a big fan. I'm going to pass. But I heard that sometimes overcooking it can make it kind of chewy, which is, which is weird. <laughs> Moving on. While we're on the conversation of animals, I came across this article right here that I thought was rather bizarre. And this one is about wolves. How many of you enjoy wolves? I think that they're such pretty creatures. They're also very intelligent. And if you know the basics, you have a packed leader, you have the leader, and then you have everyone following their command, you know, in, in, in a wolf's mind. Well, a study of 26 years worth of wolf behavioral data and an analysis of blood of 229 wolves show that infection with the parasite Toxoplasma gondi makes wolves 46 more times likely to become a pack leader. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Back it up. What is going on here? This parasite, and we're going to call it T. gondi is how it's mentioned here, is practically stating that if you have this parasite in your body, in this case, it's for wolves and for felines, it's able to produce more testosterone in the body, allowing it to be more, more um, aggressive and to be more dominant as well. So, in this case, wolves are 46 more times likely to be a packed leader. They don't need alcohol the way that humans do to be dominant or maybe even aggressive. They just need a little parasite to get it all done. Well, the research shows that the effects of this parasite in the wild have has been completely understudied, which makes sense because, you know, that's kind of difficult to, to look into. But... 
it plays a role in ecosystems and animal behavior in ways that have been underestimated for decades. So if you have a cat, you probably heard of this parasite before. I grew up with cats and I've never heard of this parasite. But the microscopic organism can only sexually reproduce in the bodies of felines, but it can infect and thrive in pretty much all warm-blooded animals. This includes humans as well, where it can cause a typically symptomless parasitic disease. But you're not going to get the same kind of testosterone increase the way that wolves and felines do. But with this creature right here, you might ask yourself, well, if it's really only for felines, how are other animals even able to get it? Well, in this case, wolves are predators. They will eat cougars and other felines from time to time, but they can also eat feline dung as well where the parasites reside. And that's how it gets into their body. What's really unique about this is that after they have ingested these parasites, whenever these wolves in particular from this study that was a span of 26 years, which is amazing, whenever these wolves would smell feline urine, they would go their own way. They would expand their boundaries of where they usually walk around in their little packs and they will go out, venture, and then practically create their own pact, becoming the pact leader, which is decently rare when you have a pact you have one leader anyone that strays from that has a higher chance of dying compared to wolves that are in a pact that has been studied that has been proven but in this case if you have this parasite in your body in this case for for wolves right they're able to create their own pact be more aggressive be more dominant and live their best life in a more aggressive way i guess but I, I found this article rather fascinating just because one parasite can affect wolves and felines in such a way that makes you question, how are they even able to do that, to access the brain in that way or to create more testosterone in the body? Yes, this has been studied. Yes, there are some answers to this, but I'm looking at, I'm looking at this from an outsider perspective with and I'm, I'm going to say it, limited knowledge when it comes to bacterial biology, parasitic biology, I find it absolutely fascinating that something that we might not even classify to have sentience to be able to manipulate its host in such incredible ways. And this is the case for a lot of parasites. They affect the host mentally, physically in ways that it, it, it just it boggles my mind. I find it absolutely super duper cool. So I did want to share that with you. But we again, we do have a few more articles to cover. I actually have a little bit of time left. I'm gonna say the best for last, the weirdest for last. If you are a regular viewer and listener, you um, you know my basic stance on Ouija boards. I don't like them. I don't like playing with them. I never have. I don't think I ever will. Because from my understanding, it seems that you don't really know what you're dealing with. Well, I came across an article for a different kind of Ouija board. And this one isn't to contact demons. No, no, no. It's to contact Jesus Christ himself. And you can buy this on Amazon. I read the reviews. They are absolutely hilarious. 
But this new board is marketed as a Christian version of the Ouija board, and it has sparked a lot of controversy amongst amongst a lot of different people thinking that you're going to you're getting trapped from attempting to contact the devil. You're not going to be contacting Jesus. No, it's just a, it's all a facade. So the Holy Board is an actual game that anyone can find on sites like Amazon. And it's basically a Ouija board only instead of demons, ghosts, and other unholy beings. This is a one-way ticket straight to heaven and relies on the classic plan chat system to allow users to communicate directly with Jesus. The layout of this plan chat is similar to that of a Ouija board, only it is decorated with Christian symbols like Jesus crucified on the cross, three angels, and a dove. Oh, and instead of the triangular thingy that we usually see, it's a golden cross instead. And the the slogan for this item is get the answers you need. The Holy Spirit board can answer all of life's most important questions straight from the man himself. Unlike other spirit boards, this one will never, and that's in all caps, contact evil ghosts or demons. So you can ask your questions with an assured sense of safety. It's an interesting one. I I think it's very funny. Now, the comments are hilarious. Here's one of them. This is from Amazon. I carefully read the reviews before getting this product, and I based the reviews on my purchase. I was hoping to be able to, to talk to Jesus and was far from that. This was so disappointing. All I kept getting is some raspy voiced man. There's another one that stated that it answered all of my prayers. Now, the majority of comments are totally negative, stating, do not get this. You will contact evil spirits. Just because it looks holy does not mean that it is. But when we're looking at the topic of Ouija boards, and I've covered this a few times before, from those that have done research on this, people that I've even spoken to on the show, asking them, their two cents. I want to get an understanding of, of their point of view on these things. They usually state that it's all about perspective. If you have negative intentions, you're going to receive negative entities. If you have positive intentions, you might actually get in in contact with your dead uncle of some kind. Is that really true? Well, we, if you know, if they are all demonic in some way, they can just lie and say, no, I really am your uncle, Uncle Joe. But you know that he's not, right? Uh, Android, I I do love memes. I, I I can have a whole conversation in memes alone. It's just just a part of the generation. It comes with the territory, really. Just, I love it. But in this case, yeah, I'm ready for this to become a meme because it, you know, from an outsider perspective, someone that would never play with these types of things, it's comical. It is funny. But for someone that takes these things very seriously, uh, yeah, it would not be classified as funny at all. But in my case. <laughs> I think it is. Oscar says, all these people open up portals. That's an an idea that uh, a handful of people have, is that when you play with Ouija boards, you are opening portals, and you might not even know how to close them, so entities can come and go as they please. Are they positive? Are they negative? That's where the difficulty lies. But overall, it's... It's it's a it's a party gag. It's a it's a housewarming gift for some, maybe, and it's been so lighthearted 
really for the last two centuries. This all started back in the 1800s and truly way before that, but it was the 1800s where this was becoming more interesting. And then in the 1920s, that's when we were getting a lot of people inviting seances over to their homes, playing with Ouija boards after a party, during a party, and thinking it's all fun and games. But there have been a handful of reports of people stating that they have played with these boards merely for fun and games, and they have had negative consequences. So, and that's not the case for everyone. There have been a handful of people, uh, also like Ouija board researchers that say that, oh no, it's fine, everything's fine, just depends on your, on your intentions. And is that true? It could be, it could be. But regardless, it's not something that I myself would personally play with. Perfect. So I'm going to share my screen here. I will give you a few more minutes to put the word fader into the live chat if and only if you're watching this live to get a $71 Amazon or Starbucks gift card. We will do that drawing shortly. We have 100 entries. That is awesome. I will give you a few more moments to put the word fader in. We have 219 people watching. Come on, let's let's add a few more. I'll give you five seconds. I think it's enough time, right? So we can end the show with the bang. You ready? All right, let's do the drawing. Let's see who is gonna be. Tof B, congratulations, you just won. Send me an email. My email is in the description box below with your YouTube URL, please. And if you would prefer a Starbucks or Amazon gift card, send me an email and I will get that sent to you rather shortly. That email, once again, is in the description box below. Out of everything that we covered today, what was your favorite? Let me know in the live chat. Please let me know in the comments. I do read all of the comments. Subscribe if you haven't already. We do a bunch of great shows right here every single week. And you get to see Puck's face every single time, almost every single time. But also follow me on Twitter at eyes underscore on the skies for all of my updates and news because that's that's where I put all my stuff. And if you want to support this channel, if you are enjoying the content, consider being a Patreon supporter. All of the funding goes straight to the channel, to the RV fund, and for a bowl of ramen here and there. Like, hit the like button before you head out. I want to thank absolutely everyone for watching this live all of the super chats super stickers everyone that donated to the gift card to make tof a happy person today walking away with 71 dollars thank you to all of the youtube members and the new ones as well thank you for that james and oscar and thank you for all of my amazing amazing patreon supporters and moderators i simply cannot do this show without you that is it for today i will see all of you guys next time be safe and remember, keep your eyes on the skies.
With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.